Blog Talk Radio. I stroll through the pictures What I've left behind You once again I'm locked up in memories They all intertwine The memories living In my mind I know tomorrow Cause that dawn will come You will never know what you've done Well, good evening, everyone, and welcome to the NASCA Stop Child Abuse Now Blog Talk Radio Show. NASCA stands for the National Association of the Adult Survivors of Child Abuse. And my name is Kim Lakin, and I am your host for this evening. And my beautiful co-host this evening is Dr. Nancy. And um, we are on scan number 3193 on this 31st day of May. I can't believe it's already almost June. Um, <laughs> but we do not have a guest this evening, so we have a special topic show, and we do have one of our regulars who said he'd like to meet him in just a minute. But um, first, we have a single purpose at NASCA, and that is to address issues related to childhood adult abuse and trauma, not, not childhood adult, childhood abuse and trauma, including sexual assault, violence or physical abuse, emotional traumas, and neglect. And we do so with two goals. One, by educating the public, especially as related to helping society get over its taboo of discussing childhood sexual abuse, presenting facts showing child abuse to be a pandemic worldwide problem that affects everyone, offering hope and healing through numerous paths, and providing many services to adult survivors of child abuse, and information for anyone who's interested in the many issues involving prevention, intervention, and recovery. And again, we are on scan number 3193, and you can always find that scan number and look, you know, listen back to the show anytime you want. You just go on to NASCA, N-A-A-S-C-A dot org, and you can search for the scan number there and listen to whatever show you would like to listen to. So um, we would love to have you join us this evening, especially when we have special topic shows. So um, if you would like to call in and be a part of our panel, we'd love to have you. That number is 646-595-2118. And um, Dr. Vance will meet you on the other line and um, bring you in to the studio. So um, as I said, tonight is a special topic show night, and so we just ask um, people to call in and, and suggest a topic. 
So those who call in will form a panel who will describe and be critical of NASA's tools, programs, and services. So um, you feel free to call in again, like I said, 646-595-2118. And um, on these episodes, we welcome various co-hosts and survivor professionals who will assist in fielding questions and lead a variety of topics suggested by our call-in participants. So their trauma-informed perspectives as survivor professionals will help them guide discussions on the issues of child abuse, trauma, and healthy sexual, sexual sexuality. <laughs> I don't know if I can say that straight, that word. Um, that spring from questions and topics brought to us by our listeners. So everyone is invited to engage on tonight's show. And again, you can visit NASCA.org if you want to listen to us at another time and um, call in this evening. So I'm going to go ahead and bring Destiny on. Good evening. Good evening, everyone. <laughs> I, I like when we have these shows. I'm doing good. Thank you. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Thanks. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, what were you going to say? You like these shows? Yeah. <laughs> no, I when we have the open show because we get to really um, hear from, from the people, right, hear from our community. And we get to share ideas, share resources and I think it's just this wonderful when we do have this opportunity um, you know it's always great when we interview a guest but I think um, it's wonderful when we sit together and come together to talk about particular topics surrounding the, uh, the topic and issue of child abuse so I am looking forward to see if, uh, if anyone has any topic ideas who's on the call right now. I believe Mr. Bill will be joining us later. And uh, once he does, hopefully he'll also bring some, some topics to the table. So um, I'll pass it back over to you, Tim. Thank you. Yeah, um, actually we have two people on the panel now. So good day, Bob, how are you? <laughs> And yeah, Celeste I'm, is on the line as well. <laughs> oh, good day, Bob. Yeah, I've, I've got a new puppy. Uh, I got him on Sunday, and he's, oh. <laughs> he, he's he loves to stay close to me. At the moment, he's sitting on my left foot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, how sweet. <laughs> yeah, the topic I would like, um, topics I would like to talk about today and they all fit in with what I've been sharing on past shows. And they're, they're all topics that I have worked through to get me out of the victim state um, to uh, regaining my belief in myself and achieving what I, I call, you know, just being a sovereign. Because when I was in that victim state, I listened to people that said, you're sick, you're ill, you've got a mental illness, you're, you know, you've got chronic depression, all this sort of stuff. And, and that was, you know, that was something that I learned as a child to no longer believe in myself and believe in figures of authority. So what I would like to discuss today 
is um, um, things that I've worked through. The first one was um, political correctness, and it's got nothing to do with politics. It's just this idea that people have that, oh, I can't speak my truth because it's going to upset somebody. If I say what's in my heart, somebody's going to be offended. So that's what I mean about political correctness. And and for me, that is a massive negative, a massive pressure on people not to speak their truth. Whereas, for me, the only way forward for all of us is to go within and find our own personal truth and then find the courage to share it in a non-judgmental way. And I'll talk about how that can be done later. Now, the other part of the topic is good boundaries. Um, lots of people don't have any boundaries at all, but for me, my boundaries are the golden frame around the masterpiece that is me. They define where I finish and you begin. And... Um, yeah, I'll give an example of um, setting good boundaries. Um, but this is this all comes under the most powerful tool that we have, and we all we've all got one. You know, we've all got one, and that is our own unique life story. Now, that your your unique life story is unassailable. Nobody can challenge it. This is your witness testimony, whereas opinions, well, all opinions are worthless. Even this one, they're like hearsay evidence in court. So I'll give an example. Um, relationship counsellors use this a lot. Um, it's my job to meet my wants and needs. Uh, and my, my needs are food, clothing, shelter, nature, nurture. And part of that nurture, how I nurture myself, how do I get my needs met, is by asking for what I want. Now this ties in with the Sioux principle or the sovereign, unique and equal. Because we're all equal, I cannot tell you what to do. You know, hey, give me some of your money or give me a toothpaste or, you know. Or like, I've got no power over anybody. I've got zero power there. But where I do have 100% power is in asking for what I want. So I'll get back to this little example, and I love it, I love it. It's um, it's quite, it fits my sense of humor. And it's called the toothpaste tube. I don't know if you've heard it before. But, um, so I'm in a loving relationship with a beautiful, wholesome woman. Um, well, I will be soon, but just imagine that I am, okay. <laughs> and... The honeymoon's over, you know, it's six months down the track and we're both flat and in bed and, you know, it's pretty laid back. And um, but I go into the bathroom to brush my teeth and, oh, God, this annoys me. She's always squeezing the toothpaste from the middle of the tube, you know. Why doesn't she roll it up from the bottom? And, you know, this little thing just gets more energy to it, you know, as time goes on. So I, I can either swallow it, which is what my old behaviour, I used to swallow all these little things that made me angry and put them in the pressure cooker. And then one day I'd just dump, you know, like a volcano on the person for saying something, you know, slightly innocuous. But right. So how I, how I resolved that situation is said, hey, darling, I love you very, very much. But when you squeeze the toothpaste, 
from the middle middle of the tube it really makes me angry so in future could you please roll it up from the bottom of the tube right so I've expressed my need in a non-judgmental way I've shared how I feel at the moment and the information is out there now in the cosmos you know it's out there now my loving partner can either say you know ignore it and just keep on squeezing toothpaste in the middle or she can start rolling it up from the bottom remember I didn't tell her what to do I just asked for what I wanted or and the solution we came up eventually was with we each get our own tube of toothpaste so there's always a win-win and I always have the right to speak my truth and the best way the safest way is by using I statements you know this is what is happening for me this is what I would like to see happen and get it out there you know and um, if you get a no ask for what you want notice what you get and celebrate the no if you if you go to the same door twice and and you still get a no answer well it's time to stop knocking on closed doors isn't it yeah because it's my job to meet my needs and I'm not getting my needs met by going to this locked door I need to find a door that will open yeah so this all comes down yeah. to you know the sharing of personal truth and for me that that was a major step forward and the codependent behavior thing it's it's really that ties in that's got the same sort of flavor you know oh I can't upset my my, my whole marriage was like that Pam and I were married for 13 years and we never said any we were never said a bad there was never a bad word between us we were always very very polite but we never spoke our truth both of us um, were just living the magazine life oh we've got to be nice and pretty and vogue and you know and politically correct and everything's lovely whereas inside and, and so our, our total our whole experience were we we didn't know each other because we'd never shared our truth we were just two people in a relationship duty bound duty bound by our programming to provide you know a house for kids but didn't have a lot of love in it you know because neither of us loved each other when well, no, I didn't know that I didn't know what love was um, you know I, I, I know exactly. I do know what love is now. I'll just look at my dog. That's what love is. Yeah. So anyway, um, I'd love your responses and just let this go. For me, uh, uh, codependent behaviour. The tool I use to get out of codependent behaviour is this one simple little phrase, and that is unsolicited advice is abuse. So I do not accept unsolicited advice. For me, um, when I'm struggling the most in my life, that is when I learn the most about me. Um, and the last thing I want is somebody coming along and say, oh, I know what you need, mate. You need, do this, blah, 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 blah. <coughs> and I respectfully reply, mm. well, thanks for your comment, mate, but I'm here to live my life my way, not your way. If you want to be a true friend, 
be around when I put my hand up and I ask for help. So that's why I say unsolicited advice is abuse. So I've thrown a whole lot on the table. Go for it, team. <laughs> no, you've said some really good stuff, Bob. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for bringing up the topic. Um, because I, and I can relate to a lot of what you said too. I've lived that as well. I've said many times to therapists, you know, I've lived with this man, but I don't know him. I've lived with him for 32 years. They've been married and I don't, I still don't know him. And, um, and I know that I've gone in and out of talking, you know, trying to do the I statement. You know, all of those things that we're told to do as as we're going through therapy and, and trying to recover. And if you're saying those things to somebody who is not in recovery and has no desire, really, to acknowledge that, um, you know, he has hurt somebody else, then that's, that's where we get to the point of there's nothing else you can do with that because um, I've tried for many, many years. I've tried too long, actually. <laughs> so I am, I am so, in, yeah, understand exactly what you're saying with, with everything. And, um, and speaking, you know, speaking my truth is what started really getting our relationship a lot more rocky. You know, it was fine as long as I just took care of the kids and took care of the house and took care of him and, you know, did what I was supposed to do. But um, once I started saying, you know, this really isn't right, or I'm, I have an opinion about this, or uh, that's when it started to get really rocky. And um, and I have spent many years with him telling me what I need to do, you know, where I need to go, how I need to dress, how I need to, you know, and, and it, it wasn't even like subtle things. Like sometimes you think about people or you, you know, you hear people or you see things on TV or whatever that um, we're very possessive um, spouses or partners are, you know, telling you just every little thing. And it wasn't like that, like you would verbally tell me everything, but, you know, it, it's like these cuts by a thousand, you know, or death by a thousand cuts, I think, I I've heard that saying, which makes sense because it's all these little things, you know, it's just like, oh, you're going to wear that or, oh, you're wearing your glasses or, you know, it's, it's those little things that you under, that you finally realize are not just an opinion. They're, you know, actually meant to stifle me and keep me in line and put me down. And once you start yeah. to realize that. It hard. Yeah, they are yeah. judgments. Yeah. Yeah. They're judgments. Right. You know, yeah. and God is so I, judge. I, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I know. God is our judge. <laughs> and uh, um, I love your unsolicited advice is, is abuse because that makes perfect sense. I've just never heard it put out like that. So um, you're right. It is when you're being told it. You know, everything that you should do or feel or say, then that's abuse. And that's not advice I had ever asked for. Um, as a matter of fact, I just wanted to make him happy 
<laughs> so it was like every at every turn, I I could never make him happy enough that we could just you know be happy. And so we never got to know each other, and it's it's sad when you're you know 32 years in, going on 33 years, and you realize that, which I've realized for a while, it, it makes it hard. And I know a lot of people have gone through this. I'm not the first one. Well, you've just this given a classic example. You've just given a classic example of codependent behavior. It's like, I just wanted to make him happy. Now, my, jo- my, yeah. my, my well-being is my number one job. My, my, my number one job is to make me happy. Well, no, not make me happy. Um, make me content. You know, sometimes I'm happy, sometimes right. I'm sad, but I'm always content. You know, I'm not here to, and I cannot make anybody else happy. That's that's their job. That's within their boundaries. So I, you know, I do not waste time, and I and I think Shakespeare said that the greatest love I can give to anyone is to simply tell them my truth, and that is such a powerful statement. You know, I'll tell you my, you tell me your truth. You cannot hurt me. You cannot offend me. You cannot upset me. Because all you're doing is sharing data, information. How I respond to that is my own choice. If I choose to get upset, I've, I have chosen to get upset. I did that. Or if I choose to be elated, I'll be elated. But it, how I respond to your data is totally my choice. Yeah, and then not be offended by the way that bonded either. So like like you said, just realize that that is your truth and you're speaking it. And if they don't want to agree with it, then they don't have to. But And you don't have yeah. to worry about that. Yeah, that's my no, whole life, Bob. That's my life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. I got it. <laughs> so should we bring Dr. Nancy on and, and fill up and see... Yeah. They have to say. Let's, let's get it rolling. Hello. Rolling. <laughs> hey, I'm rolling yeah. in, y'all. So I, you know, I agree with, I agree with some of that. I do believe that it's important for, um, you know, sometimes it depends who the who the person is, where the the um, advice is coming from, from a place of love. Like if I notice a loved one, let's say one of my children or a loved one, um, a family member who I know may be suffering from depression. And I've been I've been depressed, and I know that uh, when you're in that place, sometimes it can be a very dark place, very lonely place, and you can't think straight. So um, I'm, I've said to people before, like, oh, well, maybe you could, you know, try going for a little walk and getting outdoors because the vitamin D and the sun – um, you know, you've been in the house for a while. Sometimes that makes you more depressed. You know, I've had to even say that um, to one of my kids. Um, and so, you know, I think that it really depends. But then I've had people like me, I go up and down on my weight. I've had people, um, like this one lady said to me, oh, you're getting, and then she put both of her arms out like big, you know, and very rude and nasty. Some people just make rude comments and they just, are very disrespectful, like nobody asked you, you know. Uh, somebody made comments about one of my children. 
um, not being um, in school, which now they're in school, but at the time, you know, they were trying to figure out what they wanted to go to school for. And a lot of people go through that, you know. Um, And so um, she made comments, very rude comments about, oh, he graduated this many years ago and he's still not in school on social media on my Facebook page. Needless to say, she's blocked and we're no longer friends, but, um, you know, because it was a few things that she kept doing to be very offensive and disrespectful. It, It offended me and I let them know it offended me and they did not apologize. They just kept doing it. So then I had to take control, just like Bob said earlier, you know, if you tell somebody, hey, what you're doing hurts me, hey, I don't like that behavior, hey, I need you to stop, and it doesn't get addressed, then you have to, you have the power to remove yourself from those people. And I think it's important for us to remember that we hold the power, that if we're in a situation that we're not happy with, and if we're in a, around people that make us feel depressed or trigger us, is really on us because we always have that power to remove ourselves from those type of people. And so um, I, I do agree with that. Um, that is very abusive and is very offensive, is very hurtful, and is very triggering. And so we have to remember to take the control back and, and just get away from those type of situations and those type of people and um, and save ourselves, love ourselves enough to, to – um, surround ourselves with people who show us love and who appreciate us, us as a gift in this world. So, um, yeah, that was my take, y'all. Well, what I found um, in counseling people, um, and I've, I've adopted the reevaluation co-counseling um, um, ideology, and you can find out all about that on the net, just rc.org. But in any of my groups, if you know somebody's depressed, um, my approach to them is, "Hey, Dave, how are you going? Is there anything I can do to help?" He said, "No, no, no, no." I say, "Well, you just do what you want to do, mate. You know." And um, I rarely ask questions, but the first one is to just try and, and get them to start talking. You know, like, um, well. Okay, Dave. What's what's going on for you now? And it, it doesn't matter what you say. You can't hurt me. This is a safe space. You know, just share whatever whatever's in your heart at the moment. And so, I never give advice like you know you need to go and get out in the sunshine. Um, my approach my approach to that would be, hey, Dave, fancy going for a walk down the beach? So I've asked him, and it's always asking that the person that's suffering for their permission and that's important because that that keeps them in their power rather than um, how can I put it there's a fine line between caregiving and caretaking so um, I do not caretake anybody anymore but if somebody's got a busted arm I expect to go to hospital and the nurse is there are caregiving, you know, that they're helping me with, with, with my wound. So that's how I approach it. And and I found that there's a basic human need for, um, I don't know what it, um, and I call this the gift of the talking stick. Like, um, I do not come here expecting agreement for all our unique 
I simply expect your acceptance and validation of my own reality. So going back to Dave, he's just shared what's going on with his life. You know, it, his wife passed away after you know they were together for 50 years, and the banks are foreclosing on his house and all that sort of stuff. And the the only I can either say nothing and just sit there beaming love at him, or my response would be just to validate what he shared. It say, Dave, it must be really hard for you right now, mate. Really hard. But, you know, if you ever need anybody to talk to, I'm here always. You know, you've got my phone number. So that's 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 about accepting this reality, reality and validating it. You know, and empathy, not sympathy. Empathy, not sympathy. By that means, oh, you know, there's people... People often respond to that sort of sad story of Dave's, like, oh, I'm so sorry you had to go through that. Well, that's that's actually counterproductive. Again, that's putting that person back in the sort of the, the poor me, pity me, sorry me, uh, victim role. Whereas empathy, which is, yeah, I can, I can understand that it must be, a, I can feel it, it must be a really hard time for you right now. So, and that's an important distinction between, you know, sympathy and empathy. And all I'm sharing, ladies, is what I have found has worked for me. And it's worked for me since uh, 1984. And it's never failed. So, um, yeah, I'm happy with it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we're glad you're here. We're, We're glad that you have your opinions and, <coughs> and well, ideas. This is one of my we like it. This is <laughs> this is one of my this is one of my highlights of the week to be able to pass on these little tools that I've discovered on my journey because well I healed myself from depression but um, and went from victimhood to sovereignty and I'm just a simple bloke and if I can do it anybody can. And so my hope is that just by sharing the tools that I picked up along the way, it might give somebody else that, that opportunity to to do the work as well. And it's not going to happen by sitting on the sitting on the TV and watching the football. You know, the work has to be done. And if you don't do it this time, you know, you've been slapped, then your body will slap you harder if you keep denying it. You, you know. The journey of re- recovery, the journey of personal growth, is a journey. It's not a destination. I've found that you have to have to keep on doing the work. The more I clean up my basement, the more I see there's still a little bit of dust in that corner, and there's still a little bit of dust in that corner. You know, so I don't think the basement will ever be totally clean, but it's about 98% cleaner than it was 20 years ago. <laughs> Well, yeah, and that's all. That's all we can do, right, Bob? Is just work on ourselves and hope that we get better each day instead of comparing ourselves to other people. You know where we're at and where we started, and I can look back, you know, as well and say, oh wow, I have come a long ways. It still doesn't always feel that way, but you know, I bet we can all say that, especially people that are on these calls 
you know, because we've wanted, we've put effort into making our lives better because we know what the alternative is. Yeah, but my simple slogan for that is, yeah, my simple slogan for that is, another one of my liners, my one-liners is, heal yourself, heal the planet. Yeah. (laughs) There you go. That says it all. We're done. We could just close the show. That's all we have. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Stella, did you want to get in on the conversation at all? Anything you'd like to say? No, I think I'll just listen. Okay. Well, thanks. We're glad you're here. We missed you the other night, but we're glad you're here today. Thanks. <clears throat> yeah, I'd, um, well, I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll just keep rabbiting. Yeah sharing on this stuff because <laughs> it's it for me it's so vital going down this road saved my life you know in about 2000 after 16 odd years on antidepressants all different types flavors colors you know why don't they do a coffee flavored antidepressant anyway <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah what's up with that yeah, I got to the stage where I was in so much pain <coughs> that I had two choices. I either killed myself or I sat with the pain and worked with the pain to try and find my way through. And it was the the pain that I felt from de- my depression that drove me on my journey, that gave me the energy, the incentive to go within and find out what what was not working and thankfully I came across the work of um, John Bradshaw who's got loads, he's passed away now but he's got loads of videos on YouTube and he's got some great books uh, Homecoming Healing the Shame That Binds You um, and I would recommend to anybody to to look at his stuff and there's a great support group for anybody um, going through his Homecoming book on Facebook it's just called homecoming but doing that work healing the wounds of my childhood you know I I knew it, it was not possible for me to change my past but I just had this feeling within that I could go back and heal it and John Bradshaw gave me the tools to do that so that's the most powerful work I've ever done was healing the wounds of my childhood and reclaiming my belief in me which I lost as a child Oh. Yeah. Yeah. I know you've mentioned him before. I like <laughs> I like John Bradshaw too. I know I've I've seen some of his work. I exactly tell you what, but I I might have one of his books on audio. because so. mm. um, I do audio books better than I I read. <laughs> but um, yeah, I love I love. Thank you for for sharing that again. And, and you know, there's there is there's different resources for everybody. You know, not everybody yeah. will yeah. like John Bradshaw. And you know, there's um, there's also a lady, and she has this organization called Flying Free, and it and it 
she really helps you dig into, um, especially if you are in an abusive relationship, like an emotionally abusive relationship. And that's something that isn't tapped into a whole lot because a lot of times we just think that the physical aspect of um, abuse and actually the emotional abuse is what can hurt you just as bad or worse than the physical abuse because it can go unnoticed for so much longer yeah. as well and yeah. you down into it. Yeah. So there's all different, yeah, all different tools that we can use and all you have to do is Google it these days, right? Yeah. <laughs> Google what, what you want. What, It'll come up. <laughs> yeah, but what makes yeah. it exciting for me is <clears throat> Um, the challenge, I believe, for everybody, and I believe everybody's on their own hero's journey, the simple challenge is for everybody to find what works for them. You know? Because you, you, know, you are the only you in the whole of the universe. You know? I am unique. You are unique. So my journey will be unique, and my tools and solutions will be unique to me. But I also believe that there's a commonality, um, in, especially in sort of Western society, is that we have grown up in a, a society that is structured in a particular way and is running on um, a whole set of programs. And the majority of us have been subject to those programs since the day we entered the, you know, since the day we were born. And so that commonality, some of the tools that, I found may resonate with other people, which is why I say that simply by sharing our stories, we help to heal each other. You know, because you might have come across a tool that was totally off my radar, and I thought, well, hey, hang on, that feels right. I'll, I'll, I'll try that. I'll give that a go. But um, it's always about, for me, it's all, all about taking action and, and moving forward. Sometimes it's two steps forward and, and one step back, but it's it's action and movement and energy, you know, and the feelings, feelings, feelings are so healing. Look at feelings, emotion, emotion, energy in motion. That's what feelings are. Wow, where did that come from? I'm going to write that wow, down. Wow, that was... <laughs> <laughs> you, didn't, you just made that up? That is good. Yeah. <laughs> shows up. Cheer us all up. I love it. 
That's it. You know, one of my greatest ad- attributes is my indestructible sense of humour. And the day I stop laughing at me is is the day you can put a gun to my head. You know, because um, I've faced my own death too many times to take anything too seriously, really. Because death is a, a natural part of life, isn't it? You know, um, and what I, what the work I don't get done in this lifetime, I'll just take a rest in the beyond and come back and carry on the work until I've fin- finished completing my soul contract, whatever that is. <laughs> Whoever God has chosen you to be next, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love that. I mean, that's how we should all, all live instead of letting other people get to us. I know I've, I've spent a lot of time letting other people get to me. I need to stop it. <laughs> stop it! Stop it. Thank you. I just, I'll just call you next time I'm starting to get frustrated with something I'm not going to be like. Somebody mentioned a great word um, just recently, a few minutes ago, about triggers. Ah. Now, once upon mm-hmm. a time, I too had triggers. Um, and what I loved about noticing these triggers were they were showing me the areas where I needed to do more work. So they were a good signpost. Oh, this person has just said this, or this has just happened, and this has been my unconscious response to it, you know, whether it makes me angry or um, happy or content or sad or whatever. If it was an unconscious response rather than me taking in the data and choosing how to respond, then that's usually related to a wound in my childhood. And so I take I take that feeling that the trigger brought up in me and then just ask myself, what is my earliest recollection of feeling like this? And then I'll, I'll go back and go back and go back and go back until I get to, you know, I'll probably be about three and a half years old or four years old. That's that's where most of most of my triggers um, started, if you like. And so by healing that that wound in my childhood, um, I don't have any triggers anymore, really, really. You know. <laughs> well, <that's nice. laughs> I wish I could say that. There are there are some things that still trigger me but I think they're they're healthy it's like um, social injustice um, people doing harm to each other or harming the planet you know and um, and and the feeling I get from those sort of situations is anger but it's no good me just sort of sitting there being angry I've got all this this emotion this energy in motion within me so I have to get it out, and how I get it out is I either go into a forest somewhere and scream at a tree, or I'll dive in into the ocean and scream and scream underwater so, you know, people don't hear me. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, 
sorry about the whales and the dolphins, but you know, get that emotion out after after it's been triggered. So the the feeling that you swallow today will one day come back and choke you, I reckon. <laughs> yeah, that's good. I like that. Do you live near the ocean? Yeah, uh, and I, I'm a ship's captain. I'm sort of retired now, but uh, I've still got a little boat. I used to <coughs> take tourists out around the 74 islands up here in the Sunday group um, for three days, two night trips to Whitehaven Beach and Blue Pearl Bay and Hayman Island. And yeah, so there's 74 islands in the group and the majority of them are untouched. Um, there's a few that have been developed as tourist places, but the majority are untouched and well managed by the Great Barrier Reef Marine Park Authority. So, yeah, it's a beautiful place, beautiful place. Just Google Whitehaven Beach and you'll see what I mean. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> mm. And Dr. Manson, we haven't heard from you for a little bit. Do you have anything else you want to get in on the conversation? Nothing in particular right now. Um, you know, I think uh, for me, I've just been just trying to focus on maintaining a balance. And I think um, I need to definitely get back to working out, adding that to my routine. I've been, uh, I've fallen off for a while. So that's what I was sitting here thinking about. Like, oh, I need to like, you know, make some time to, to work out. Um, I know Bob's got a new dog. Congratulations, Bob, on your new puppy. Um, definitely. I'm looking for, I'm actually looking for uh, a puppy myself, actually. And, um, Maybe that will help encourage me to get out a little more and get some sun, get back walking. So I'm looking forward to that. And that's it right now. That's what I was actually thinking about well, a couple of minutes ago, actually. Well, please, yeah, feel so free to, yeah, please feel free to drop another topic on the table, you know. Um. Mm-hmm. What are you yeah. going to say? Um, what are you going to say? Miss Kim? Um, no, I was just going to say, have you had, so you've had dogs pretty consistently as you well, raised yeah, your no, kids? I grew up. Oh, yeah. I grew up with, with dogs. I grew up with German Shepherds. And, um, my mom worked for this guy. He had like probably 20 German Shepherds. So I was used to training them and working with them. And I love German Shepherds and love with German Shepherds. But um, they're pretty big. And so right now for my for my household and my life, a big dog wouldn't work. But um, uh, I've had dogs growing up myself. My kids had dogs growing up. And um, so, yeah, you know, I, I like I said, I think it helps me to kind of find a happy place and get away sometimes from my problems. Like we were talking about the other day, horse therapy and pet therapy and all those type of things. Um, you know, it's just um, 
brings a different form of happiness. And so for me lately, I've been really, I, I've been um, a little bit out of emotions. Like I haven't really been having a lot of strong emotions. Uh, like I'm graduating on Saturday and I'm like, the people are like, are you excited? I'm like, that's great. And I'm like, I have no feeling, no excitement, no anything. I'm just like, oh, no, it's okay. I mean, I'm just like. Okay, I'm graduating. I graduated. I'm always taking a class. I'm always graduating. So for me, I'm just like, oh, yeah, you know, whereas other people are like, oh, my God, that's an accomplishment. You should be proud of yourself. But um, I think because I have so many big things that I have to deal with back to back to back, we're starting a prison ministry at the church. That's something that um, I'm the leader for that group. And, it takes, you know, it takes a lot dealing with uh trying to make sure that we have the admins and everybody in, in place, trying to get the background checks done, um, and just so many other things. You know, I do, like, the sexual abuse group. I'm doing um, this. I find joy when I do it because I feel the sense of giving back, but I'm, I haven't been excited about anything. Like, nothing has excited me, which has been kind of weird because I'm like, dang, you know. I think the most excited I was was when my – my hot tools were coming. I ordered myself a new hair bag that has drawers that's really funky. And um, and then I ordered myself a really good quality blow dryer, which I used to today, and it was, like, smoking hot. It was, like, really good. And I was happy about I'm waiting happily for my new curling iron that's coming in. <laughs> I used somebody's curling iron. It's the same one that I ordered, and the curls came out beautiful today. And, I, you know, like those are the things that I'm excited about, but things that maybe other people would be very excited about, um, I don't know. I guess I just have so much that I'm doing that, and, and I also am fighting a lot of different battles, personal battles um, in my life. And so it's been, it's been, I've been having so much emotions going in so many different directions that, I don't know. I'm not, like, super excited about things that I should be proud or super excited about. I'm just like, oh, yeah, you know. Maybe I'm just drained. That's all. Sometimes you get drained, you know. And that's why uh, I said sometimes it's important to go out for a walk, get some sun, take the same advice that you give other people because you don't know what people are dealing with and managing and pouring into others so much. And sometimes you got to pour into yourself, you know. You really have to take some time for you, love on you, and pour into yourself. And so I'm trying to find, like, what is it that I, that would make me happy? What things would make me happy? Um, I know I want to go to the beach. I would have to probably, the, the only beach that I really enjoy is Destin so far. Destin Beach is, like, clear. And I'm like, hmm, should I just, like, take a little trip, you know, for a few days? But... With my schedule, I'm like, hmm, which days would that be? <laughs> Probably have to be during the week and just have to call out from other other things. And sometimes you have to do that. You have to put yourself first. So, yeah, that's, that's, those were the things that were actually going through my mind, um, trying to figure out what things will make me happy and bring me more, more joy, more peace, and you know, be a little more selfish to pour into myself. Anybody have any comments?
Well, congratulations, first of all, on your graduation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, go ahead, Bob. Yeah, um, it's a simple realization. Um, my well-being is my number one job. And lots of people, you know, oh, no, no, you selfish bastard, you know. But I just use the analogy of <coughs> you're in an airplane at 30,000 feet. It hits some turbulence and the engine stopped. And it's, you know, it's in free fall and the oxygen mask dropped down. And you put your oxygen mask on first because if you die, you can't help anybody else. And so that's why... I say my well-being is my is my number one job. So good on you. It's it's not being selfish. It's like you know, until you can love yourself, how can you love anybody? Until you've healed yourself, how can you help anybody else? Yeah. So I don't see it as being selfish. I, I, for me, it's actually rule number one. Mm-hmm. It's true. I think, I think it's really important have to pour into yourself before you can uh, be pouring into other people. So, yeah. So, um, I'm looking for a puppy. My husband's not too happy about it because we we have a dog here that um, I know I shared before. I was um, was trying to get rid of the dog because the dog was uh, doing a lot of, you know, she's Pomeranian. I, I had got the dog for the kids, but that's not the dog that I wanted. And then the kids weren't taking care of the dog, so then it started falling on on us. Um, and so, well, anyways, long story short, my stepson, he has a um, pretty decent job that he got, that he started, and he's planning on moving out in November and moving out with the dog. So we resolved that issue. But um, I, I, I found the kind of dog that I said, okay, well, you know, I think I need a support dog. I want a little dog that I can take out, I can, you know, go for walks, I could just, you know, have a little buddy. And so um, my husband wasn't too happy about it right now because we already have a dog in the house. So I'm, I'm kind of like, hmm, do I wait or hmm, do I just get it? Um, and so I'm kind of like on the trying to figure out what I'm going to do in regards to that. But I'm not super excited about the potty training part of it. So I've not been in a 100% rush because I'm like, okay, I remember what it entails. I remember that part, that puppy part. But, you know, it's part, it's part of it. I have four children, and they came out pretty well. So I think I can handle a little little baby puppy. But just when I think about that, that potty training section of it, I'm like, Lord, help me. Uh, it makes me not rush 100%, but it's it, Still, I still look forward to having that that little joy in my life. Well, that was one thing that I can say was not my thing is potty training. Anything. It doesn't matter what it is. <laughs> I do not like to potty train. <laughs> Me neither. Me neither. Kids or animals are difficult. Yeah, neither one. <laughs> but um, I, I know when my daughter had her daughter, and the first time that she I she told me that she was potty training, I think she came over here and she was like, What? I just let her run around naked and I'm like, Does that mean she's just gonna pee everywhere? <laughs> but, um, that's kind of how they potty trained all of their kids and so I'm just like, Okay, you go for it. You do it. You know what you're doing. 
I didn't, didn't like work. it. So I must not have liked it. <laughs> been very good at, at it. So I don't know. <laughs> yeah, but it seems to work for them. And so now we've got two three-year-olds being potty trained at, as we speak this summer. Which summer is that easier to potty train? Really? Well, I think, Why? I think um, potty training is the only training that uh, a dog needs after that. The, the dog is there to train us. And what my dogs train me is how to stay living in the moment. If ever I, you know, get stressed out or <clears throat> I'm not living in the moment, I just look at my dog and he's lying on his back, wriggling around, scratching his back, the sun's shining. So every time I, which is infrequently now, but every time, every time I fall off the path, I just look at my dog. Right, that's what I need to do. It truly is a dog's life, eh? <laughs> <laughs> Not a cat's life? See, I was a cat person, Bob. <laughs> uh, I've had cats, but for me, they're very, they're very aloof and standoffish, you know. Yeah. They can, yeah, they don't, you know, if you do something that upsets them, you don't even know, you know, um, because they've got so many rules and regulations, they might lash out. Whereas the dog <laughs> just just sits there beaming unconditional love all the time. Yeah. But, yeah, but Skipper, they just want to please you. still sitting on my left foot, you know. It's, I'm starting to get pins and needles in it. And... He's weird. He's weird. He's like me. Well, not in this way. He's weird. I threw threw a frisbee the other day, and he looked at me as if to say, "Yeah, well, what am I supposed to do with that?" I threw a stick. He did the same thing. What you know? He's he's he doesn't know how to play with sticks and frisbees and balls and stuff. So I don't know what I'm going to do about that one. But he's happy enough. <laughs> yeah. He's now he's not a pup a puppy, is he, Bob? Or no, he's, he's already been trained. Months. He's okay. eighteen months old now. He was a oh, okay. He was a farm dog. Oh. Yeah. So they had him working instead of playing, right? <laughs> yeah. But I'm gonna I'm gonna find out how to train him to love squeaky toys and and rip up <laughs> you know, fluffy pillows and stuff, you know, because <laughs> I find that sort of stuff <laughs> as well. <laughs> oh, you're too funny. Yeah, I know, but well, my daughter's dog, well, I don't think any of my kids' dogs know how to fetch either because they just don't play with them like that anymore. You know, it seems like they'll just let them out into the yard and let them do their own thing. They don't really teach them a lot. And I know my oldest one had, when she got her dog, he was already an adult. He was probably, well, he was like three, two or three years old. And, um, and came from Arizona. So he didn't know what snow was, but <laughs> he likes it now. But, yeah, you got to think about that. Because you could get an older one, Dr. Nancy, and then you wouldn't have to potty train them. <laughs> yeah, no, they're so no cute. Complaining. I, like I know. 
That's what I was saying. Even though I complain, I like them when they're little. I feel like, you know, you get to bond or something. I think even though I complain, it's just normal. I complain before I get it. No, yeah. when I get it, I just have to deal with it. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, I don't, I don't think I told anybody that my daughter, she had gotten a puppy right before she had her baby last year. And, um, and then she ended up having all these medical problems and spent more time in the hospital. And so they finally ended up giving it away to a friend. But I, yeah, I'm like, I'm sorry, honey, but I can't help you with the whole potty training thing. I mean, I could take him out every once in a while, but, you know, it's like I don't have that knack or really the desire to want to potty train at all. So... Well, it's seven, and then unless somebody wants to bring up something else that we could talk about, we could go ahead and talk out the shows. Does anyone have any thoughts on that? Well, for me, uh, um, I've pretty much um, shared all that's present for me at the moment, so um, yeah. Um, I'm ready to take my dog for a walk with his frisbee that he doesn't oh, yeah. like. <laughs> <laughs> you're teaching them. Yeah, you're going to teach him. Well, thank yeah. you, Bob, for coming on and, and giving us topics. I always appreciate when you're on and we always love to hear, hear from you. You have good, good things to say, so thank you. It's always a pleasure, ladies. Thank you very much. Thank you have you a can. wonderful evening. I can't wait to hear about that dog and how how he's getting used to you. <laughs> yep. I'll keep you posted. And when I get it. <laughs> yeah, when you get it. <laughs> when you get one. Yeah, well, thank you, Dr. Nancy. And, and thank you, Fella, for being on as well. <laughs> he had something to say, huh? <laughs> no, nothing to say. Nothing. Well, thank you. We're glad you are here tonight, Philip. Doing good. And we'll have you on another time. We'll get you talk at another time. <laughs> All right. Okay. Well, have a good rest of the week, everybody. Thanks for being on and bringing on the topics this evening. And if you know of anybody that you think might want to come on and and share their stories that we'd love to have them. And um, as we always say as well, that it, there's enough adult eyes and ears and around to be able to keep all children safe. So please, if you see something, please say something. Good night, everyone. Have a good evening. Good night. Good night.
it is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.